Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Caregiving Gen X Style. I'm Steve Mullen. And I'm Jennifer Mullen. You know, a couple of episodes ago, we talked about end-of-life planning. And one of the ideas that came up during that show was recording your loved one talking about family memories while they can still do that for you. In this episode, we're going to talk with a guest about that, the value of creating video autobiographies, how they're made, and even how you could possibly do it yourself. But first, Jennifer, how's your mom? My mom's doing really well. Uh, actually, I have a really sweet story to share today, and it actually sort of fits in with family memories now that I'm thinking about it. It's true. Uh, so we, I, I don't think we've mentioned this on the show before, but Gagi was our child care provider basically for many years, all, all through the kids uh, growing up. And then even when they went off to school, she was there after school. Uh, she certainly was there for plenty of babysitting and date nights and all those good things. And of course, if you and I, Steve, ever went out of town, and one thing that she always did was when we would come back from a trip, she often had something prepared for us. It was a meal or maybe some cookies or some bread or just a nice little treat for us to come home to. So fast forward about 20 years. You and I were out of town recently, and unfortunately, we didn't exactly cross paths with our son, who was sort of driving through town for the weekend to meet up with some friends, to go to a, another college's uh, football game, and so we didn't really get to see him on either side of the trip, but when we got back home, I walked into the kitchen, and there was a loaf of pumpkin bread sitting on the counter, and of course, my first thought was, oh... You know, Who made the pumpkin bread? J Jackson made pumpkin bread. He, he probably meant to take it back to school with him to share with his girlfriend <laughs> and his roommates. So I texted him and said, hey, did you mean to take this back with you? And he said, no, I made that for you and daddy. So you would have something when you came home. It was very nice. Of him. And I mentioned it to Gagi later that night because I said that is that is a behavior that was 100% modeled for our children. Gagi was always very thoughtful about that and it really not that it takes much to bring tears to my eyes but it really did uh, bring a tear to my eye just thinking about how Jackson had watched his grandmother do that for years and how he very thoughtfully decided to do that all on, all on his own for us. So it was kind of a story about Jackson, but also just very much the uh, impact that my mom had on our children made me really happy. Yeah. So yeah. how's your mom, Steve? She's doing good. She's doing good. I've just got, I guess, a little story. So going back to when she first moved into assisted living, uh, we had to switch her TV provider. The provider that she had in her house before she moved in there was not available in our county. So we had to switch from one to the other. It confused the ever-loving heck out of her for quite some time because she'd had that other provider for 20 years. Sure. She knew how it worked. So fast forward a bit, speaking of fast forwarding, uh, a couple of years now, and it's kind of funny. So not only is she fully aware of how this TV provider is working, she's also watching TV on Netflix. She's watching TV on Paramount+. Plus. And I think she may be soon asking for me to sign her up for Prime Video. So, but the funny part of all this, a couple of funny things about it. So number one, seemingly every time my brother comes down, she wants a new streaming provider. <laughs> and you know who it falls to to get that set up? <laughs> this guy behind the microphone yep. right here, 
right here. Yeah. And I've talked to him about this. He he was down here, I don't know, a few months back, and he he said, oh, by the way, mom wants to get Paramount Plus. I said, what? how does she know about that? Oh, I told her about Yellowstone, and she really wants to watch it. I said, great. Why didn't you sign her up? Oh, I don't know how. Great. And by the way, he works in IT. But anyway, uh, he came down uh, a weekend or two ago, and I talked to him. I just wanted to check to see how he thought she was doing, because he hadn't seen her for a long while. And, and he said, no, she's doing good. She might want uh, Prime Video, though. I said, how does she know about that? Could you not tell her about more streaming services, Stop please? talking about it. In his defense, she brought it up. She saw an advertisement for something she wanted. But the other funny thing about this, though, is that she still has no idea where the TV comes from. It's just magic for what do you her mean? still. The shows? Yeah. So she, she has asked me at least a dozen times over the last handful of years, what's streaming TV? Oh. <laughs> And she asked me this a few weeks ago. I said, it's what you're doing when you watch Netflix. It's what you're doing when you watch Paramount. It's internet TV. It's not coming in through a wire. It's streaming through the internet. And she cannot get that through her head. (laughs) All right. It's just, it's a concept that she can't understand. Like I said, she thinks it's just magic and it works. As long as her stories are where they need to be she when she wants stories. them, that's really all that matters. But right? the cool thing, like I said, is uh, it means that I guess her brain is working well enough to learn new things, Absolutely. which is great. Absolutely. It's really great. And there was a period where I wasn't sure we were going to be able to learn new things anymore. Yes. Yes. Definitely something to be thankful for. So yep. speaking of stories, though. Yes. Right. Let's, stories. It's perfect transition. Let's talk about some stories. So as we said earlier. This episode is all about recording the memories of your loved ones so they can be preserved for yourself, for future generations. So instead of fast-forwarding, we're rewinding. Ooh. Ooh, that was I see good, what you right? did there. Yeah, thanks. Yep. Our guest for this episode is Jonathan Schweinefuss, founder and owner of Stories of a Lifetime, a Washington, D.C. area company that creates video autobiographies. Jonathan, welcome to Caregiving Gen X Style. Hey, thank you for having me. Happy to have you here. So let's jump right in. Why don't you tell us about your company and what you do? Sure. So the company is called Stories of a Lifetime. We, well, I actually got started back in 2019. Um, I started off volunteering at assisted living facilities. I was inspired mainly by my grandfather who actually wrote an autobiography. So he had written stories of his life. You know, he grew up born in 1920, grew up through the Great Depression and told stories of what he did for fun as a child, um, joining the Navy, his first career, starting a family, all, all things, everything like that. And, um, you know, having that autobiography to look back on and read that he had really inspired me to try and help other people create that and give that gift to other families. And, uh, well, I'm not much for writing, but I can uh, I can take a video. So that's kind of how that idea came to be. So Jonathan, do you work mostly with elderly people or do you have customers who are all different ages? Mainly focusing on elderly people. Obviously, I think everyone has a story and can benefit from creating a video autobiography. But I think uh, something special about getting with seniors and listening to their stories and the wisdom that they can pass on and how important it is to to document those stories while, while you still can. Do you ever, I'm curious if you ever run into folks who don't really want to go back and talk about some of the things in their lives. So maybe they've, you know, maybe they didn't have 
a super happy, you know, early adulthood or, or have had some traumatic experiences in their lives. And, and while their children or other loved ones might really want to sort of understand all of those things, maybe they don't really want to talk about it. Do you ever run into that? Uh, I have occasionally, you know, some seniors are not always, you know, understanding the idea of why would I want to sit down and tell my story? It's not that interesting or, or things like that. And what, but once they get into it, I think uh, most of them really have a have a good time. And occasionally, I've run into sometimes where you're t- they're telling a story, and you're asking a few follow up questions, and they, you know, they, sometimes they've told me, well, that's not really a story that they want to have on video. And sometimes, and I think that's okay. Some not all stories need to be on video. Some can just be. Uh, discussions that, that a family maybe needs to have if they want to understand that situation uh, or that background a little bit better. You know, you can always ask the question, and they can say no. You're not gonna, you're not gonna press into details that someone's not comfortable sharing. And that's the benefit of editing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So, I mean, you know, you hear, uh, you always hear about veterans who uh, served in, in wars and whatnot who just. Frankly, a lot of times don't want to talk about it. Have you ever run into that? You know, most of the veterans that I have interviewed, and there have been a few, they're very proud of their service and really have been very open to talking about it and very eager to tell those stories. I think, you know, I've interviewed people who served in all the way back in World War II, um, up through the Korean and Vietnam Wars. And especially the the older World War II vets, they're very eager to to kind of talk about it, and they're proud of their service, which and maybe something of that generation that that they take a lot of pride in, or just that that military service that they're just happy to share and tell their stories about, and you know, it's have really great uh, reactions to it. Do you go to their homes, or do you do this remotely, or is it kind of a mix? I do this in person uh, mainly. So like I said, I started off going to senior living facilities. So I would go there and do these interviews in person. Um, and now I've expanded, I go, I'll go and visit them in person in their home. I think there's just a lot of benefit to, to doing it in person rather than, than on video. You lose, you lose a good amount of quality trying to do a video, you know, via Zoom or, or something like that, you know, with the video and especially the audio. But I always say something is better than nothing. So if that's your only option, definitely, definitely uh, explore that option and do a remote interview if you can record it on Zoom or, or any sort of, um, you know, web recording. Another challenge with that is, uh, you know, trying to talk a senior into getting on their computer and using, you know, an application like that if they're not familiar with it. It's not uh, an easy task if it's not something they already know how to do. Right. right. I was just about to jump in uh, because we did a whole episode on el- the elderly <laughs> folks and technology. And I have back during the pandemic when my mother was pretty much homebound, I tried to set up FaceTiming with my mm-hmm. her and my brother and, and my sister-in-law. And all they could see was the top of her head the whole time. She would not hold that thing in front of her head, <laughs> in front of her face. And I, I can imagine that would be a continual problem with trying to get, you know, an 80 or an 85 year old to sit in front of a camera for Zoom. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, if they even have a laptop, it's probably over 10 years old already anyway. <laughs> it would struggle to open up a Word document. <laughs> right. 
Well, so speaking of sitting in front of a camera, and, and I don't mean necessarily, like, definitely, we've already covered, like, sitting in front of a camera behind a laptop, but, like, when, the, when you're visiting them in person, you're sending them down in front of a camera, and I know we talked a little bit about, you know, do you run into some folks who are uncomfortable talking about certain things? Slightly different angle for this. Do you, how do you make folks that you're interviewing comfortable in front of a camera? And I don't mean comfortable you know necessarily talking about things they don't want to talk about but just in general like how do you get them to sort of relax and and start to answer your questions in a natural way yeah i think that's just that's another benefit of doing it in person is if you see some of the videos that i've that i've created um a a good amount of the time you'll see you know the person being interviewed the eye contact is not always directly with the camera because the way I set it up is, is my camera's right there and I'm kind of right behind it just off to the side so that if they're looking at me, it still looks like they're looking at the camera. Um, but it's really more of just a conversation there. Um, the two of us talking back and forth and just being there and, and having those facial expressions and body language in person to to kind of help them get more comfortable and and feel like somebody's very li- really listening and, and cares about what they're saying. And, and I t- always, you know, preface it and I tell them, you know, uh, you know, it's no pressure. I can edit things out. It's just, you know, a conversation. We can skip around and, and try to make it um, a little less formal like that. So that, that's one of the main benefits of just having it in person is that um, you can kind of set that atmosphere that, that helps them kind of ease into the interview and feel more comfortable with, okay, uh, yeah, was, with a camera just, in their face right there yeah yeah I was just gonna say it's it's a, a lot of it I would imagine is is spending some time with them talking with them <laughs> before you even turn the camera on just to sort of as you said kind of set that atmosphere and have them feel comfortable first and maybe even almost forget that they're sitting in front of a camera Exactly. And I, and I try to keep it um, a small setup, you know, one or two cameras, um, lighting maybe if you need it, um, but it's not a big Hollywood production, you know, and so it doesn't feel like they're, they're on a set or doing anything crazy. It's just a small camera and, and me. So what kinds of questions are you asking them? And, uh, you know, I would imagine it's, it's going to be different. Obviously, if you're talking to a military veteran, I mean, you sort of have some, you know, ready-made questions, you know, for folks like that. But, you know, I, I would imagine a lot of it is, is sort of understanding a little bit who the person is before you even get started. And then, and then what kinds of questions are you asking them to sort of draw those stories out? You know, it's, it's funny. It's, I say, you know, it, it's not so much the videography skill. Um, and what I do, it's the interview skills and trying to get those questions and, and answers out of people to help them tell those stories. And, and I usually start with, with a general outline of questions. So I have about, I'd, I'd say a list of 50 or so questions that I go into with um, prepared. And, and I try to start in somewhat of a chronological order. I ask people just to get that background, um, a little bit about um, their family. So tell me about what they remember from their grandparents, from their own childhood, you know, growing up in school, uh, going to college, young adult life, family life. And I try to take it through a bit of a chronological order, but obviously with each interview, it's so different because I'll ask one question and we can go down a rabbit hole and I have uh, 10 other questions that come from it from from their response. So 
it's really just a lot of listening as well, just trying to ask better questions and follow-ups to to get them to elaborate. Because, you know, it, it's hard sometimes to get a, a senior to talk a lot about themselves. They might give a, a, a one word, a one sentence response to, to some questions, and you have to dig a little deeper to get them a little bit more engaged and talking about something that they're passionate about talking about. What is the finished product look like? Uh, I mean, are we talking music? Are we talking how long is it? What's the, what's the finished product look like? The finished product is about an hour long interview. And, you know, I cut off, I do some basic editing, cutting out some of the, the, the dull, um, you know, long pauses, things like that. Um, or if they ask me, you know, if we kind of pause and take a break, but again, it's very, it's very informal. It's cause it's just a conversation and I'll usually end up, I'll send a, a copy of the video to the family. Um, I'll have one copy that's on, on YouTube, just set to a private setting so that only people with the link can view it and then send them a downloadable copy as well so that they can keep it for themselves. But yeah, it's a very, very simple and, and I think elegant just interview and trying to talk about their lives. So, Jonathan, most people, of course, are not going to have your editing or production skills that, you know, but let's talk about how a do-it-yourselfer could create a video biography themselves. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe they just, they want to do something uh, on their own. How do you recommend that they get started? You know, I, I said, you know, the videography skills is a small part of it. And nowadays, anyone with a with a smartphone in their pocket can take a video that's you know that's very high quality, almost as good as a professional camera. You might struggle a little bit with audio with a smartphone, but um, it'll still be it'll still be pretty good. So, for anyone just wanting to to start off, just grab your your smartphone, use your and maybe pick up a ten dollar tripod, uh, set it up, and and just start asking questions. Like I said, the the, the questions are the most important part. Sit down. Uh, with someone you care about, what kind of, maybe prep some questions ahead of time, um, what maybe stories that you want to know, just some background. And then a little tip, I think, is to kind of go into it and tell and ask the person that you're interviewing, you know, consider, you know, your responses like you're like you're talking with a stranger, right? Because I think if someone is doing an interview with somebody that they already know really well, then they're going to be more inclined to skip out on some details and say, oh, well, you already know this story or you've heard it a hundred times. But I think those stories are still important to get. And those are the ones you're going to want to look back on and, and hear again. Um, so have them, have them talk like they're talking to a stranger and get the most detail out that you can. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I hadn't, hadn't really thought about it that way. But, you know, certainly if I sat down to talk to my mom, I, I might get some of that. I might get some of the, you know, abbreviated versions of the Remember story. Remember that place we lived? Yeah, you know all about it. <laughs> and then keep, she keeps moving on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, that's a great tip. That's a great tip. And and similar to, to like, we, like I said, if you're doing it on video, whether it's online or with an iPhone, you know, don't worry about the quality. It's something is, is always better than nothing. So just do it with whatever you got. And that, that's absolutely true. I completely agree with that. But, you know, it seems like a, a full life story could end up being obviously really long. 
how do you recommend just do you recommend just focusing on one period of their life uh, how do you do that i would recommend you know most most of the time when i'm doing these it does tend to be more of just a one-off session so when i'm doing it i try to get a, as full of a picture as i can a full life story and it's not going to be you know perfect detail but it kind of is an overview and a, of of their entire life and some of the highlights right so someone is just starting out, I would recommend do the first one um, with the goal of getting a full picture, a full overview, um, even if it's not to the detail that, that you want. Because if, if, if it is with, uh, with a loved one, you can always go back and do more. So do that, do that um, overview first. See what kind of questions they enjoyed answering. What kind of stories do you want to know more about? And then you can always do more in the future to get a little bit more specific, maybe on um, a period of time in their life or a specific story you want more detail about, things like that. And I would imagine, you know, if you're doing this on your own, uh, obviously we don't have to worry about film anymore. We don't have to worry about tape anymore. You could do a multi-part thing. You could do one that's about, you know, their early life, one that their middle age years, and then one later. You could do multiple different ones if you really wanted to go that far into it. Yeah, exactly. And then at that point, your only constraint is trying to edit it all together or keep track of it all, right? So exactly. just um, if you can manage the videos, save it on a hard drive, or, you know, you've got all this cloud storage now, it's just keeping track of it because you don't have, you know, a physical DVD to keep track of anymore unless you unless you put it on one, I guess. But that's hard to even do nowadays. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's old school technology. <laughs> well, and it's really old school. We haven't even brought this up yet. Uh, Jonathan is not a Gen Xer. Uh, I meant yes. to mention this earlier. Uh, he is a millennial, and that's okay. <laughs> we we, we still let you on the show, Jonathan. I mean, just behave <laughs> yep, yourself yep. out there, okay? Thank you. Yep. So, so young guy with a with appreciation for the stories that Netsinas can tell us. I love that. Yes, that's that's exactly right. Well, one of the things I know that Steve has done with his mom is to go through photo albums and label who is in the pictures. And I know my brother and I have done that with my mom over the years uh, as well. Is, the, is there a way, like, how can you do that on video? Is there a way to do something like that on video? Yeah, absolutely. And it's something I have done previously with people that I've interviewed. Um, they've come prepared with photo albums that they want to talk about. Really, there, there's a few different ways. You know, they can hold it up and talk about it. But usually if I can get a scanned copy of the photo, then, you know, through a little fancy editing, I can throw it up on the on the screen so that it appears right next to the person being interviewed and it and it shows the photo side by side um, when they're talking about the picture and who's in it or the story behind it. So yeah, if someone has photos, try to scan them or you could just take a picture of them and add it into the video. Um, there's a ton of different ways you can you can get that um, in the video. And, that's, and it's a really great um, thing to have, I think, as well. Now we've talked a number of times in this podcast about my mother's collection of teapots 75 of them 75 teapots jennifer when <laughs> when my mother moved into assisted living jennifer had to pack every single one of them and then wrap, unpack them and then unpack them and, and by the way they got there no cracks no chips no nothing it was my a mother, lot of pressure it was a lot of pressure and she has ptsd from this but 
you know, my mother started this collection when she was 12 years old. She's very proud of it. It's like her prized possession. How would you go about telling a story of something like that? Yeah, I think I think to sort of to add on to that, like, do you walk into someone's house and you see something like that and, and that prompts you to ask a question about, like, you would walk into Steve's mom's house and say, Anne, what's wow, up with all that? Wow, that's a lot of teapots. That's a lot of teapots. What's up with the teapots? Yeah, that might be something... Um, more of like a like a prequel to the video right like we were discussing to kind of um, help them get a little bit more comfortable and just get to know each other before even the recording starts um, and then once you talk a little bit about something you may have a question about um, you can gauge whether that's something that they might uh, want in the video and you can ask it again on recording but like, like I said before it's really asking the right questions to help them get their story out for so you know, for an example like that, some teapots, I, I would probably start, you know, trying to figure out the story behind it. You know, when was, when did you get your first one? You know, did somebody buy it for you? Was it a gift? Is it something you saved up for, for months trying to buy? Just a moment, an epiphany at the store and you had to have it, you know, get that starting story and, and see where it goes and ask maybe, you know, a little bit more detail about the most recent one you, you purchased or do you have a favorite? Tell us a little bit about, you know, the importance of this collection to you and and just kind of, you know, digging a little bit deeper with each question to not only help them get more comfortable talking, but also you just, you get that story out that might have been uh, a one or two cents answer about, oh yeah, I have, you know, this huge collection of teapots. You get a little bit more out of it and you get the story behind the teapots. And trust me when I tell you, if you ask my mother about her teapots and start uh, admiring the teapots, she is immediately, uh, you are her best friend. She <laughs> will talk your ear off about these teapots and she loves them so, and they're all beautiful, they really are. Well, and you know, this is a, there was a good story behind the collection of teapots. Your mom has had those teapots for a really long time. Really long time. And frankly, we really never knew until we were sort of at a critical moment of having to downsize your mom out of her home so that we could move her into an assisted living facility. And even though we were kind of grumbling about the 75 teapots that had to get packed up and moved, somewhere along the way in that process, you kind of got the story yeah, of had, why I the had, teapots were special. I had no idea. I think it just kind of came out one day and she, I think she may have thought I already knew it. But she said, well, I've been conducting these things since, since I was 12. That's the first one right there. I said, Mom, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah. No, it was good. So. so, Jonathan, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Uh, there's a there's a few ways. Anyone, You can always email me. It's Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at soulvideo.com, S-O-A-L-video.com. And you can visit at that same website, S-O-A-L-video.com. And just reach out. I'm always happy to chat, give a little bit of advice if you're trying to do this with, with another family member of your own, uh, or if you're in the Northern Virginia, D.C. area and, and are interested in having me do it in autobiography for, for a family member. And uh, I have a little gift for, for the listeners. Ooh. Ooh, this is a first. We, we talked a little bit about what kind of questions I asked, so I have an outline, uh, a little, tried to make a little decorative PDF. Um, of some questions that I ask. It's about 40 to 50 questions with a few blank spaces to maybe add your own question. So I can give you this link so we can get it in the show notes. Um, it's on an Etsy store, so it's a, it's a completely free download. 
uh, with the code GENXSTYLE, all caps. So I hope okay. uh, someone can enjoy and maybe use it to create a autobiography with a family member of their own. Yeah, it's fantastic. So we'll put it in the show notes. We'll put that out on our socials. Uh, so, you know, once this episode's out there, people go look for it. And, uh, and that's fantastic. Jonathan Schweinefuss, owner of Stories of a Lifetime Video Biography Service. Thanks so much for being here today. This is cool. Thank you, Jonathan. I- this was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everyone for listening to this episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you got a question, you got a comment. We've been getting a lot of questions lately, and those things lead to episodes. We, we love getting them. We have a few ways you can get in touch with us. First of all, email us. This is really probably the best way. Caregivinggenxstyle at gmail.com. You can also send us a text or leave us a voicemail. Actually, this is my favorite way is the voicemail because I can use the audio. But it's uh, 804-723-1221. You can also find us on Facebook. Uh, If you listened uh, a couple of episodes ago, you know the Facebook page went away briefly, but it's back now. Uh, Just search for the name of the podcast. You'll find it. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter. I've decided I'm not calling it that other name. (laughs) Our handle is at Gen X Caregiving. We hope to hear from you soon. Have a great day, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night.